Chris, how's it going, man? All right, I'm not sure what happened. Good, good, good. I heard good. you were. Uh, I heard there's a rumor, a report from a reliable source that you are reading a copy of Prime right now as we speak. Yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, about 35 pages into it. It's. Uh, I'm liking okay. it so far. What kind of audience good would you stuff. recommend it to? Well, a first-year head coach or really just anybody, I mean, anyone that enjoys reading and autobiography stories and whatnot, and I think okay. you know, a lot of people would okay. enjoy it. Uh, um, you, know what's, you know what's really cool about uh, the early reservations uh, or the, the people that are reserving copy, early copies? Uh, you know what's really cool about that, Chris? We've got requests okay. for copies of this book from Africa. Australia, England, and I think I'm forgetting one country. Maybe Spain. Did I already say New Zealand? Um, so this thing's going. This so this thing's going international, man. Yeah. Wow, that's that's crazy. I mean, how how do they even uh, just a little bit find out about it over there? Uh, I, mean, I do know people know over in those countries, but that count that still counts, you know. So. Um, uh, I've got a cousin in Australia. Uh, I've got friends in Spain. Got uh, uh, on a Facebook coaching group that's international. There's a guy from Africa that expressed interest in it, and uh, there's a, uh, a coach in England who's actually deaf. He's uh, coaching a soccer team, and he's deaf over in England, and uh, he's interested in reading it. So, um, hey, this thing uh, this thing may take off after all. So, if you're wanting to reserve a copy of Prime. Uh, get you an early copy today for ten dollars. Yeah, totally. What what post? Uh, office the one up here in High Point by my house. Oh, I was gonna say you might see right, might run into maybe, Jim Cornette. Maybe, maybe I'll get him to read maybe it. Maybe I'll get did. old Corny to read it. So, so <laughs> yeah, it's a better chance of him blocking me on, on social media than you know. So, um, yeah, so this is, I'm, we're pretty excited about it. Uh, we've got a website set up for you to buy, order a copy. That's lulu.com, L-U-L-U.com. If you're interested in ordering a copy, go ahead and do that. Um, I think, uh, like I said, I think we're going to see probably in 2021, we're going to see this uh, book on some shelves and stores. Um, hope to have it in the library. Um, we've got some big things coming. We're going to go ahead and give it until 2021 to get those big things rolling. But, uh, uh, this book's going to circulate next year for sure. But go ahead and get your copy here uh, while the weather's getting colder and uh, snuggle up under a blanket, you know, with some hot chocolate and read Prime. <laughs> I think you'll enjoy it. Wow, that's yeah, incredible. I know, right? Never thought I'd be a published author. So, yeah, it's something I always thought it was seem like a hard thing to do but it's really right not it's really not as hard as you company. think i mean it's just it, it, it isn't there's a lot of agencies out there that uh that now what the issue is is the publishing costs and everything that's what hurts um and i think that's what discourages a lot of people so i bet you'd be surprised how many people have something that they've written in their house that they just didn't want to fool with getting published oh so, i'm sure yeah I mean, I, I wouldn't even know the process of that. I'm sure a lot of people yeah, yeah. probably don't. But you had good connections. Chris, one of these days we'll write a, uh, 
we'll do uh, we'll do a collaboration on a book. How's that sound? So one of totally, these days. Yeah. So <laughs> when I don't have nineteen things going on at once. So all right. So uh, what? Uh, yeah. Before we get into yeah. before we get into uh, the opening part of our show, uh, what uh, what scores do we have for tonight uh, on the high school soccer scene? Uh, let me look. Well, Fairdale. Mm-hmm. Only Fairdale hey, we need to give a shot. If Fairdale can win the, and I'm, I'm going to sit here and contradict myself tonight uh, because I know there's going to be coach of the year awards given out and I, I don't agree with it this year, but I'll tell you what, if Fairdale is able to win Thursday night against PRP, Nolan Cook deserves to be in consideration for coach of the uh, coach of the year in the region. Um yeah, I, uh, I'm I know. Just sitting here thinking about a that. lot of people gonna roll their eyes at that, saying, "Well, Nolan's your boy." Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, there's a lot of other people's boys that uh, get uh, they get consideration as well. Uh, for Nolan to come in, and you know, I'm not gonna sit here and call myself. Let's say for him to replace a successful coach, maybe not popular, but a successful coach, and for him to do it in a year like this during a pandemic, Chris, I couldn't have done it. I couldn't have the way he had those guys playing tonight. I could not have accomplished that in 2005. So, uh, wow. yeah, Nolan, that, Nolan deserves a lot yeah. of credit. Caleb, Caleb Longacre on that staff, they both have done an ex- excellent job. I'm really proud of those boys, or guys, I should say now. So, um, uh, but anyway, I know there's a lot of other contenders out there for it. Nolan's not the only one that did a great job, but uh, it definitely needs to be recognized. Definitely, yeah. KCD beats Ballard 2-1. I bet that was a great game. Yeah, I uh, was following along on Twitter. Someone from the Courier was actually out there tonight. So, uh, yeah, it seemed like it was a good one. Uh, Let's see. We had had Collegiate beat Mayo, right? 9-0. 9-0, yeah. Yeah. Which is – I think that's a big statement when – if I were any other coach in the seventh, that'd be a bit. A little worried. bit because Mail had a good year, you know. Oh yeah, definitely. They'd Fern Creek beat Bullet sure. East two nothing. Okay. Yeah, two zero. Uh, Moore beat North Bullet. Are we sure? Ten uh, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure we are this time. <laughs> and then Who Southern knows? beat Bullet Central only one nothing. I'm telling you, Bullet Central at some point is going to make a move. It, it, I don't know if it's going to be. Next year, but in two years, I think that program's going to make some kind of jump um, if they keep their coach and, and they keep and he keeps investing in it. Um, Bull Central's going to make some kind of move here in the next couple of years. So, um, all right, well, um, let's go ahead and get into uh, let's go ahead and get into the first part of our show. Uh, maybe we need to make this a, a, an every week thing. Let's let's eliminate let's red card the nonsense. Let's red card the nonsense. Uh, Chris, what do you think about the, the high school RPI? You know, I never really understood the RPIs. I don't understand. I'm trying to look at it. I don't understand what the numbers mean. Like, So Butler sits at the top of the table, and their RPI is uh, 68332. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe you should explain this. I never understood the RPI. RPI. I know it has to do with strength of schedule, but beyond that, I never really. I think there's some things factored in: strength of schedule, margin of victory, which on the high school level, uh, I don't know if we need to be in the business. I know this has been some controversy in football. Football teams feel like I know Fairdale scored 74 points the other night, 
um, on whoever it was they played. And, um, you know, the, and the excuse was that they felt like they had to do it, you know, because of their rank, because of the rankings or whatever. I don't like a ranking that encourages, you know, scoring, you know, you know, basically having to humiliate an opponent. Um, you know, if you got your third string in and you're still, you're still lighting up the scoreboard, that's one thing. Um, you know, nothing you can do about that at that point, but, uh, I don't like us. I don't like a system where a coach feels like he has, he or she has to keep their starters in all game and not give other people opportunities. Um, that's just, uh, I don't, I, you know, the RPI makes no sense. It goes, I'm going to sound like I'm whining and everything. And I, I, I won't forgive this. Uh, and this isn't, and I'm not, I'm not blaming, uh, uh, I'm not blaming the school uh, or the team or the program, but you know, in 2015, we won 20 games. We couldn't find ourselves, Chris. We could not find ourselves on a single. And we had blown teams out. We had won close games. Uh, our schedule was, uh, you know, not star-studded. We tried to make it star-studded, but there were schools that either didn't want to play or didn't return emails. Right. So I can't help that. Uh, but our schedule, our schedule was competitive, and we right. won 20 games on that schedule, right? Chris, we could not find ourselves on a single ranking at all. Max preps, everything. I mean, God forbid we get a top 25 vote. And, yeah, and nah, so, okay, so fast forward to, to, or I guess rewind it now, to last year, the season that Bullet East had last year. Great season, very similar schedule to what we had in 2015, Okay. And they're all over the rankings. They're all over the RPI, and they're all over the uh, max preps. I completely disagree with that, um, and that's not that's not a knock on that program. Well, how many? Uh, but I do think I've got a gripe, right. um, and that's it, it. You know, that's not again not not a knock on them. It, I could be griping about anybody if it were DeSales or Butler. I'd be griping. Um, so it does. I, I just again, it just seems like it's something that changes as the week goes. It's kind of like algebra for me. I mean. The rules change as you go along, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say the thing with Bullet East is they might have had more wins in a row than what mm-hmm. he had that, that could have played. Maybe them getting in the rankings. I get what you're saying, but, I, you know, the sixth region itself, that mm-hmm. teams struggle with this. Even get some kind of cred- credibility in the rankings. I mean, but I know Butler's ranked right now, and I believe Fern Creek is. Right. And back then, it's right. sure just hard for the region itself mm-hmm. to get on there. One yeah. All right, well, let's talk about keeping stats for high school. Uh, we had an – I feel like, you know, it's part of – I don't – we won't use names. We, you know, I mean, we saw it all on Twitter. So, there's an incident with Moore and uh, their stat keeping and everything. First of all, it's been put behind us and everything. So, good for everybody. But, guys, we got to remember, coaches, don't give anybody access to your stats but you. You know, I feel like I feel like if you're the head coach, you're the one that enters stats. Um, um, you know. And, oh yeah, definitely. I, mean, I always know. kept stats, but I never entered them in the KHSA. I mean, Mario always. No, I, 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 I no. Was, for me, that was that. always something I needed to do. Um, now, also on that note, coaches out there, quit putting in that your keeper's got 400 saves this year. Stop it. Stop. You see what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, I, I don't know what else to – I mean, why? If, if you look at that, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. all the county state and everything, and I don't know why. 
Um, it makes you know you got schools that are playing on little league uh, size fields. Um, I don't know why it just seems dumb to me. So yeah, yeah, it, it's not possible to get that many just, saves in a season. I mean, I'd be shocked. We have to be careful about. Are. I mean, we got to keep accurate stats. And hey, I'm guilty. You know, seven or eight years. I think I think it was in 2015 when I finally made it a real priority to keep stats. No, it was 2014. I made it a real priority to finally keep uh, keep stats after I got yelled at for two years over it. Um, now, the thing about that is, though, guys, we're, we're missing out on opportunities. To, that, go, that fact, that does factor into, it's not the whole factor, but it does factor into all-state considerations, you know? So if a kid, if a kid is not really right. the, all, the, the state leader in assists, then – he doesn't need he or she does not need to be at the top of that list. You know, keep accurate stats, folks. Get somebody, get a dad, get a get an assistant coach, get uh, you know, a manager to keep stats for you, and then you enter them in every night. So um, if I'm a parent of a kid right. that is no longer leading the state in assists and I see that and hear about that, I'm furious. So um oh, so totally. and oh by the way, soccer has a hard enough time keeping credibility. If that happens in, you know, again, if somebody goes in and puts in, I don't want to say it sounds mean, to, let's call it what it is, fake stats. If somebody does that in a football or basketball setting, boys or girls, there's, they're throwing, there are coaches that are throwing hands. I mean, there are parents that are throwing oh, hands. Sure, and yeah. So soccer already has enough credibility issues. We don't need any more, and this hurts the credibility of, of the high school game. It really does. So, coaches, make sure you are getting somebody reliable to keep stats for you. You are the one that needs to enter them in. So. Right. Gosh, I agree. You know, what other nonsense? Hey, we're loaded <laughs> for bear tonight. Um, all state nominees this year. This isn't going to be popular, Chris, but I have to do it. I'm, I'm voting to not okay. have all state this year, all state considerations this year. So I'm, uh, wow. I'm I'm pitching that, and I know it sounds. Um, bottom line is it's just too shaky of ground. You know, if everybody got their, you know, sixteen to twenty games in this year, great, right? But you've got some schools that are going to finish up playing seven or eight games, and then you've got uh, some schools that are going to get all together eighteen games. I and then oh by the way. Here's something, you know, when you sit down at that table for the All-State Committee, with All-State Committee, scheduling comes into play. Normally, I I want to hold coaches uh, accountable for their schedule, right? Okay, you you had a great 20-win season this year. All right, now, next year, I better see somebody, a big dog, you know, a powerhouse on that. You know, know, see what I'm saying? Okay, so. Right. That's what I need to see. This year, I, we can't hold coaches. I don't think we can co- hold coaches accountable for that because a coach might have had a star-studded schedule lined up, Chris, but being the way things have been this year, there have been a lot of cancellations. So if you're trying to get games in, let's say I'm still at Fairdale and I'm trying to get games in and I have, um, and I have collegiate on the schedule, right? Collegiate player test positive, they can't play, all right? I have no choice. i got to call Valley and say, hey, y'all want to play another game? You know, and there you go. I mean, I, I hate to pick on Valley, but there you go. I got kids that are, uh, uh, 
I got kids that are, you know, going to get three or four goals when they probably wouldn't have gotten that. So the data, the, the, the stats are, are going to be a little skewed this year, I just feel like, and I don't think we should hold teams accountable. Just uh, no All-State this year. You know, kids can still get scholarships without an All-State recommendation. Heck, three-fourths, half the kids that we uh, nominate for the All-State game don't show up anyway to play. So, I, you know, I really, I mean, let's let's take a year off from it. Yeah, I wonder if they'll even have that, the All-State games, if there is an All-State. I wonder if they even have the game or just well, give out awards. I, mean, award. I, I, may, I don't think you have the game this year. Um, I don't, I just, I just don't, I just don't agree. Um, I mean, I, I can see them having the nominees, but I don't think they'll, I don't know if they'll have the game. I, I get what you're too much, too much shaky ground this year. Um, uh, it's not, it's yeah, not a kid here yeah. in Louisville's fault that JCPS didn't allow, you know, only allowed soccer to play eight games or ten games. You know, so and whereas a kid right. that's out in a county school in McCracken County gets to play fifteen or sixteen games and you know scores twenty goals on the season, uh, right? Right. And even St. X, right. man, they they started the season, you know, two weeks right. or a week before so, JCPS. Uh, so. I, I'm going to pass a motion to not do All-State this year. I know that may not be popular with a lot of the guys, a lot of the coaches that I consider myself friends with on that committee, but let's hold off on it this year. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I think Coach Pryor right at Henderson County, are. I think he listens every now and then, it sounds like. You know, but I don't know. Um all right, so players and coach of the year considerations. Chris, I really wanted our podcast to do an all-region and uh, player of the year awards and coach of the year awards, but I think we need to hold off till twenty twenty one. I think so. Um, you think so? The reality of it is, any coach that got their team to this to this week after waiting and waiting and waiting all through June and July, right? I mean. Yeah, you've got some coaches that have done some, maybe done some stupid things, uh, but as long as, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like they've uh, any coach that's got a team, a team that's made it to this week and they're playing in the district turn, their district tournament, they deserve some credit. Yeah, that sounds fair, but who knows what it look like in twenty twenty one though? Let's I mean, have our fingers crossed for twenty twenty one, and this podcast will do. <laughs> we'll devote a whole episode in twenty twenty one to. Uh, all region, uh, an all district, and all region team. So we will do that. Coach of the year, all that stuff. Oh yeah, that'd be great. so. Uh, for sure. So I got a couple gripes for my club team. Oh my gosh, we can't. Our midfielders can't get back in front of the ball. <laughs> so uh, any coaches that are listening tonight, I would love some advice on how to get younger players, like in the U twelve, U thirteen age group, to develop more of a defensive mindset, to take more pride. And getting in front of the ball, in front of the ball, and stopping the other team's attack. Got to do something. I've got a couple drills that um, I'm trying to work in, but um, it's uh, whew, it's frustrating. Ever since winning that tournament, we've tied every we've tied every game and lost one. So, wow. Yeah, I didn't realize you all were playing. Yeah, every weekend. Uh, I we played. Just... We played last this past Saturday. Oh, wow. and we lost three to two to a team I felt like we should have beaten. Um, I wasn't there for that one though. Uh, um, I was working on my D license in Richmond. Um, and, uh, Sunday we played a team that I thought we should have beaten. They had, they didn't have any subs 
and we end up having to settle for a one-one tie. So um, that's that's frustrating. So, and then and then let's go back to the high school side for a minute, Chris. What in the world are some of these schools doing having a tournament the weekend before the district tournament? Who did Glasgow. that? I, I didn't I'm calling see that. that. Glasgow. Oh. And tournament now. It was huh. on the KHSAA site. Oh, I, I did see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Scotty's Cup, is that yeah. what it's called? I get Something it. Like the tournaments that. are big yeah, fundraisers. But stop. Stop. Why are we trying to force <laughs> force in 20 games in 15 days? Stop, guys. You got regionals coming up. Mm. Uh, that's going to that, – the district and regional schedule. Chris, when did you hear uh, – what's the rumor on the regional t- uh, tournament? When's it starting? Uh, well, I probably shouldn't say too much. But, sounds, uh, like I mean, it, a lot sounds like sounds like it could, maybe this weekend. Um, well, Saturday is definitely Saturday. Okay, yeah, okay, okay. That's right. But definitely yet, Saturday. Okay, there you go. So yeah. you've got teams that are playing. If they do it like that all across the state, because there are some districts across the state that the, you got to play three games in the district tournament, right? So you're t- you're talking. Let's say a team yeah. runs the table in their district tournament and then makes it to regional, you're talking four games in a five-day span, five- or six-day span. Yeah, yeah, it's not healthy it's pretty for Pretty brutal, kids. yeah. It's... So. No. And I don't know correct. if the terrain so, in between. Uh, so. I know I look at it on Twitter, I think the KCD coach was saying he's – they haven't had a, a practice yeah. in two weeks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> take it from a guy that, that did some stupid scheduling in 2019. Uh, give your team time to practice. You know, we didn't get great time. We didn't get time to practice last year until fall break. We went from pretty much right before Labor Day. We didn't we didn't get adequate practice time until right before fall break. So. Yeah, I mean, it's just so hard, though, that you have to play in those games. And there's only limited dates that you can play so in the regular season. What, you only have yeah. six or eight weeks of regular season, right? right. This year is even so shorter, but. there's no. There's no reason. Everybody, again, everybody's trying to squeeze everything in this year, trying to get everything they that they normally get. Just stop. Just stop. You know, you know, take take a year off from it, lighten up. Sure. All right, and then you can come back and do it next year. So, all right, and that's all the nonsense. We we gave a red card to all the, all that nonsense. So, oh yeah, wow. just been on my nerves. <laughs> a lot of nonsense over the weekend. So. Yeah, it certainly was interesting. I know, I know. Yeah. Man, I was really hoping for a more DeSales first round agent. <laughs> the, the world, the world needed that. <laughs> yeah, good for Iroquois though, and it's that that'll be a good one with Butler. I think uh, Butler. Uh, so does this handily, mean we could potentially get a Butler Bullet East uh, first round region? We could. We so could. what's your what what Thing is your is, prediction going, going to be, through. Chris? <laughs> Are we gonna go Nothing. five to five? Everybody wins. Nothing. All right, score's gonna be five to five. Yep. Everybody's it, playing. It, it, All well. teams are playing. That's right. You can't. Yeah, you can't make a prediction that uh, you can't make a prediction that anybody loses. That's right. You know how dare you? So yeah, the score's gonna be five to five, no matter who you play. There you go. That'll be easy. Why do we even do a show? God, <laughs> buy my book, Prime, Chris. Let's get into the what we're talking about this week. I'm really I'm passionate about this about this strategy we're discussing tonight. Tell us what it is. 
stretching the defense, which we've we've done an mm-hmm. episode on team defending before. Um, so I'm, I'm guessing this is a little bit different, but let's just go into it. I mean, what do you mean by stretching the defense? If you're attacking, you want to st- spread the defense out. It's it, it's really that simple. Okay. Um, you got it, and the reason you do that, Chris, is you want to get opponents out of position. Um, you want maybe want to force the opponent to chase. Um, I know you've heard Coach Carrillo say that, use that term a lot. And uh, <clears throat> check this out. And this is where everybody needs to get their notebook out and write some stuff down. Because if you're looking, this this episode is so important because you know tonight I watched Holy Cross, and once they got down two nothing, uh, they put they had everybody back in front of the ball. And you know what I mean. Okay. They, they had everybody wow. in the goal area defending. They kept one guy. They kept like one and a half attackers up top after that. Um, now, and you'll, see, and you'll see teams that do that that try to slow you down, right? And they, they jam up the middle and everything. You got to find a way to spread them out, okay? And in order to do that, you got to be able to use the whole field. Um, so I feel like this episode can help a coach that's trying to figure out, okay, this team packed the box last time we played. We're pretty sure they're going to do it again. How do we get them spread out? I feel like, I hope on this show, this episode, we can help you do that. All right, so go ahead, take out your notebook, take out your pen, and write this down. You want to stretch out three things on the defense, okay? Chris, you want to, sh- you want to stretch their shape. You want to, so in other words, get the defense out of position and make it more difficult for them to support one another defensively because of the distance, all right? Um this is especially true on bigger fields. Now we'll get to what fields this works on and what fields this doesn't work on later, but I think you have a good idea what fields around here it will work on and which ones it won't. Right. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, you want to stretch their eyes. Uh, the more the defense has to look around uh, the field, keep their head on a swivel and make sure people are covered, especially on the back post. This plays a role in fatigue at the end of the game. All right. So tonight, one thing I I got again, I'm going to Fairdale attacked really well tonight, probably better than I any of my teams attacked all across. So I'm really proud of them for that. But tonight, Fairdale did a great job. They get a they'd have an opportunity to play across from the from the corner of the 18. Right. And Jackson Walker made a living tonight hanging out on the back post on Holy Cross back post for Jackson Walker from Fairdale. Right. And while he didn't score on the back post or get a header, but him being there kept the defender with him, and it constantly kept that goalie, it constantly held that goalie more accountable in making sure that the back post was covered, right? And that took pressure off of, that took pressure off of Fairdale's primary attackers, Idine Ekic, uh, Edvin Habibovich, Jonathan Salas. I mean, those guys balled out tonight. In large part, Jackson may not realize this. I hope he does because of his presence on the back post. He, he kept the defense on us. When you do that, you keep the defense sure. on us. So you want to stretch their, so you want to stretch a defense, their eyes. And then finally you want to stretch out their minds. Okay. Uh, coach Phil board, my assistant coach at Fairdale for, for my first three years there. He always said the first things, to, first thing to go is the mind. So think of it this way. After 70 minutes of constant communication from the goalkeeper and back line, and even the opposing coach, this is when you see teams wear down and make poor decisions or take bad touches. All the thinking and extra decisions that are required when the defense is spread out just takes a toll on teams 
And that's why we were able to win so many games, one nothing or blow teams out in the second half. So I think in 2015 we were playing DeSales and the game was tied nothing nothing. Before, with about 20 minutes to go, DeSales' body language just became, you know, it, it, it's literally said, we can't do this anymore. And I've always told my teams that soccer is like a, like a boxing match. Every ball is played wide. Every attack along the goal line that forces the goalkeeper to make choices and make sure the defense is marking up is like a body blow, a hit to the ribs. Eventually, <clears throat> they'll wear down, and you'll be able to deliver that TKO. It could come in the last few minutes of the first half or the last few minutes of the game. And we've had games where it came in the first minute. So you want to stretch out their, their shape, their eyes, and their minds, and that wears them out. And then that's why you see, might see teams win one nothing in the last 10 minutes, or you might see a nothing nothing score all of a sudden turn into 3 nothing in the last 15 or 20 minutes. Definitely. So what, what are some fields that this, uh, this strategy is most Well, I'm going to go ahead and say not Holy Cross. <laughs> I don't. I, I know I'm not alone in that. Um, so, and I don't know if they're in position to make that field wider or not. Um, but it's not going to work there. Um, uh, Mayfield High School. Uh, I'm just going around the state based on my experiences. Mayfield High School, Russellville, uh, North Hardens actually has a smaller field. We're, these were places where the field was just too small. And when I say it's just harder to maximize the space on that field. Right. So. Um, it's not preferable on football fields, but it can work. It can work. I mean, we made it work on Fairdale's field for years and years. Um, uh, locally, I'd say if we can, uh, where I would play that, where it would work is Eastern's field. I think Eastern's got a great, um, size wise, at least maybe not so much surface, uh, male, um, used to be surface, but not so much anymore. That ground's pretty beaten up. Uh, but it's a great size field. It's uh, you can definitely play play the wide ball and uh, wear some teams out. Uh, any of your turf fields, to Sales, Mercy, uh, Sacred Heart is another great one. So, um, yeah, uh, I'd want to play this. I'd want to play this game at Henderson County, uh, Madisonville, Christian County, or Hopkinsville. Marshall County, Paducah Tillman, Callaway County, Anderson County. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting you put Mercy. I feel like, from my experiences, I've always been there once, but I know Butler has never really done well on that field. I mean, if you look at some of their games they play there, it's been a lot of low, mm-hmm. low scoring. I guess they haven't really been able to score. But I guess you mean like yeah. keeping the defense though. Which, you want to spread spread that defense out. Seems like they, yeah, yeah. I know. Okay, I, I, I prefer to sales over okay. market, really for a game like that. But um, okay, so why is it important right. to the? Uh, it gets defenders out of position. It forces them to communicate. It forces them to have to be constantly on the move. Um, it leaves center backs and goalkeepers on an island, and it creates one v one situations. And I, you know, in, inside, especially inside the 18, I encourage, I've always encouraged my players to take those on. Once you, if you're at the 18 and you've got a 1v1, take it into space and, you know, turn the corner, put the ball into space and shoot. Put pressure on the goalie. Um, my Fairdale team has benefited from that mentality. Uh, over the years, we've had guys like Dennis Mercer Hitch, uh, Caleb Longacre, Clayton Hinn, Salim Misa. Jonathan Morales, Dennis Sulemanovich, Abe Mendoza, Omar Makoma, Marinus, 
uh, Mario Alonso, Giovanni, uh, uh, Ozuna, right? When they had one-on-one situations, they were pretty good, right? And uh, even for guys that got up in the air like Caleb and Clayton, um, uh, you know, if there was only one defender on them, Caleb, was, Caleb and Clayton both were jumping over them. I mean, they, they, they were able to get up pretty high. So um, that was a big deal for us. So, but the, the, you, have to have, you have to have the defense spread out first before you can create those one, one-on-one situations. Okay, so just tell us some times you have used a strategy and why you prefer it. Over All right, the well, strategy. Um, the times where it's been the most ideal way to play is when we've had depth, um, when we've had good conditioning in the preseason. Um, uh, I prefer this over playing the through ball or over the, or playing a ball over the top and running onto it. Um, one of the big parts of the conflict that, that I constantly had at Franklin Simpson when I was there was they just, you know, I was coming into a system where, uh, the name of the game was let's kick the ball up into if they would allow the def- the defense, they would, their goal was to get the defense to play. Right. And then play, um, play a through ball or a ball over the top into the open space behind the defense, and then they would have a really fast guy run onto it and score. Well, that's fine, but when you play teams that are more disciplined on the defensive side, that's not going to work. Um, that was a big part of the conflict at Franklin, for sure. Um, now, in 2006 at Warren East, uh, we played uh, in our game against Russell County. We did a show on this a few weeks ago in my first career win, right? Chris, we had 24 shots on goal, and uh, five different guys score. Our best player did not score that game. And the reason that happened was we had the field, we had the defense spread out, which gave us 1v1 situations, and our players were able to take advantage of those. Um, against Todd Central hmm. that year, um, you know, we scored twice off of cross, really good crosses um, and won the game that way. Uh, against Adair County, both games that year, I mean, it was we put on a clinic. It was Adair County, they don't have But we put on a clinic, spreading the ball out and spreading the defense out, and we pretty much got whatever we wanted. And then against Warren Central, a team that's like top 10 in the state every year, right? Top 10, top 15. Um, we were up two to one on them because we spread the field and done such a poor job rotating and staying in position. Um, on the defensive side, we were able to score two goals on them and lead in that game. Um, so, 06 right. Warren East, 2012 Butler. I mean, we talked about the 5 0 game against Butler. Um, you know, we, we, I mean, we won the ball in the middle. Eric Franco would win the ball in the middle. I've told the story a million times, and then he'd immediately play the ball to the to the outside or to the flag, and Caleb Longacre would run onto it. Caleb scored two goals, and just we that poor defender on Butler's side, he but you know six minutes to go in the first half, he was done, he was he was toast. Uh, the look on his face, it, it should be an internet meme today. Um, it, it just you gotta when you do that, you open up things, and then that second half, so Caleb. Caleb forced the defense to stay stretched out in the first half, right? Or after that first half, we're up two nothing. And then in the second half, that's when we got goals from Dennis Mercahitch, Muhammad Hussein, because one v one situations around the eighteen at that point. So, and then 
let's see, in the right. district final against PRP that year, Abe Mendoza. You know, that was a, that was a boxing match, right? Abraham uh, turned the corner on defender, turned and crossed, right? And when you do that enough times in a game, you're eventually going to catch somebody out of position. Well, Abraham turned and crossed. The PRP goalie went one way towards – was he was – and Clayton stepped in and one-timed it into the goal, and that ended up being the difference. So that's – those little things like that happen when you spread the field. So – I was okay, say, so ha- let me finish up. Oh, 2000, cool. I know I'm, 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 I'm bragging here, forgive me. But 2015 Fairdale team, that's very important. <laughs> they did against Seneca, Chris. I told that team because the season before we didn't do a good job spreading the field, right? And I told them this year, guys, every game, I want a corner kick in the first five minutes of each half because that'll tell me <laughs> that's, a, that's a good sign in our attack, how we're attacking. Chris, minute. Faisal played it from the corner. Muhammad's younger, older brother, right? Faisal played a corner from uh, within the first minute against Seneca, and Bryce Higdon went up and headed it in for a one nothing lead in the first minute. And we ended up winning the game 9 nothing because Seneca was so spread out, as spread out as you could be on their football field. I mean, and they just they there was no match. I mean, Salim Issa had two goals dribbling around him. I mean, it was just – it was a butt whooping. Uh, Rowan County, another boxing match, winning the game one nothing. Sometimes it just – you got to stay persistent. You got to just because you don't score right away in this attack doesn't mean it won't be there. You eventually catch somebody out of position. They'll get a header in half, and for us to win, thing down at down at the Madisonville tournament, uh, Wagner on their senior night, same deal. We almost one of our kids who barely played all year was in the game in the, like the last ten minutes because we were playing shorthand half because I had to sit a couple kids, and this kid who, not a great player, but he, he was always there. He was viable, but I put him in the game. Chris, he, he had a, the field was so Wow. Sorry, this kid's name was literally Sorry, um, was about to, about to score a goal because the field was that spread out, you know? And the boxing match, but one reason... That game, right? We had, um, hang on. When we had the ball, no, you cut okay, out I'm really bad I'm there. With me, because I lost. Hello? Okay. So when we had yeah, the ball against you. Butler in the, you know, especially in the second half um, of that regional game in 2015, one thing that we did well, we did a great job playing the ball to the flag. And what that would do if Butler was able to track it down and win it back, but that meant they also, they had to start over all over again and, you know, restart their possession. Um, and we did a good job getting back in front of the ball that night. So, um, that's what I mean. That's what spreading the field does for you. It keeps you, even if you're not winning possession, you can still, you know, you can still play enough good balls to the corner flag and everything, and keep the defense spread out enough to, you know, wear them out one way or another. Okay, so how can you 
involve the you know the defense and the keeper. Okay, so let's say you're a, out. let's say you're a, a, a CDM, a center defensive mid, right? Um, and you can't go forward because the, de- uh, the the opposing team does a good job getting back in front of the ball. Uh, you turn back and you play the ball back to the, your sweeper, your center back, or your keeper, all right? Or you can play it back to a fullback, and what that does, that forces the strikers from those teams to put pressure on, right? That forces their midfield to come up a little bit, and now because you're using the whole field, you've got the entire defense spread out more, right? And then you can – that's when if you've got a smart team – if you've got an experienced goalkeeper, they can play that ball to some to a mat. They can find the they can find the matchup. They can find the matchup. So again, go back to 2012. That poor fullback from Butler, right? That was the matchup. Eric Eric Franco was smart uh, when he won the ball. He went he went straight back to that every time because that kid did not have a chance against Caleb. For sure. Um, so which team that you've coached has been the best at you know this is tough strategy this is tough um right now i'm gonna go ahead and say my 2012 team they uh sometimes they would get a little happy going up the middle trying to go up the middle with the ball um i'm gonna go with 2015 um our conditioning was the best it had ever been that season so and we were deep and the kids bought into subbing out so liberally. So we were also, and we were also a veteran team. So we didn't blowing anybody out initially. Right. We didn't abandon it and start trying to go back up the middle. So we were able to be methodical and blow teams out or win a lot of one, nothing and two to one games. So to me, you know, you've spread the opponent out when you score 95 goals, right. That year and three different guys scored more than 15 times. Clayton Hen, Salim Issa and Jonathan Morales, all scored over 15 goals that season. Nolan Cook, mostly from throw-ins, sure. Nolan Cook might have had – you'll have to ask him uh, how many assists he had. It, changed, it changes every time we talk about it. <laughs> so, um, but uh, when you add in – so you had Nolan's throw-in, which is you – know, which was kind of a cheat code, right? And then when you add in how good Faisal was crossing the ball that year, he led the state in assists the first two weeks of the season, Right. And that was with real stats. So um, that group was exactly what I envisioned and more when I knew that I wanted to spread teams out. I mean, we were able to literally spread them out to, to the touchline because mostly because of Nolan, how good Nolan was throwing the ball in. But also, I mean, you're leaving, you know, Clayton to go up for headers. You're leaving uh, Dennis to go up for headers. Uh, and you're leaving uh, pretty, you know, pretty favorable match at one-on-one matchups for Salim and Jonathan to score. So, um, so right now I got to uh, man the num the numbers got to mean something at some point, and I got to go with the 2015 team. I think they were the best at spreading the ball out. Yeah, I hope I get to see Faisal play. I'm not sure if he's coming back to Spalding or not, but he, I just know from talking with you that he he's a good player. Seems like a Tremendous. He's a good player. Athlete player, yeah. But hopefully yeah. I get to see him someday if he comes back. Okay, so let's move on here. What? So what are some teams that have done this? God, Henderson County did it to us last year in 2019. It drove me crazy. Um, Greenwood has always been great about playing the inside-out game. Butler in 2018 and 19 was always great about making people chase and using their back line or goalkeeper. Uh, Cody Peace, uh, again, uh, to this day, if you wanted to beat Butler the last two years, 
you know, everybody was focused on Hate. No, no. Um, you want to you want to keep the ball from getting to Cody's feet. Cody, Cody. Oh, I agree. And and this year it, it's different. It's more yeah. than just one defender. They have Cody, um, a good group. Uh, Cody was. Um, uh, he never made. I don't. I, didn't, I never saw him make a bad decision. So. No. Well, except for some yeah. mouth issues, but <laughs> other than playing, right. no, I, I wouldn't think so. Well, taking in the region final, he yeah did kind of make a mistake, but it's one of the, one of those days, nothing. So <laughs> yeah, well, for sure. Okay, uh, the bonus well, tip. Is, no, I mean, but I just think that more, you know, if you don't, here's what's great about this system: you can. If you don't have the numbers, if you don't have the depth, and your opponent does, and then they run this same system, it makes for a long day. You know, you hate it when it's being done to you. So, um, and they did that. Henderson County did that to us last year in a JV game because, you know, we were down on numbers that day. And, um, you know, they were spreading us out and then subbing in five guys every every chance they got. So, five guys in and out. Hmm. (sighs) That sucked. I hated it. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. So to have it done to you is not cool. <laughs> so, yeah. No, definitely not. Okay. So, how, how does this make soccer, soccer similar to basketball um, and boxing? Hell, everybody looks at me weird when I say that you know, soccer is a lot like a boxing match, but it really is. Every attack to the outside fullback, every time the center back has to slide over and help recover, every corner kick, every keeper save going across is a body blow. Right, it's not the punch. It's not the punch to the head that you're looking for. It's a body blow, though. Right, and eventually you're going to get a punch to the head. Now, whether that comes early on in the match or at the end, it depends on your level of competition. In terms of basketball, if you can't shoot from distance, it's tough to spread the defense out. So they can pack the interior, pack the paint, and keep your team from penetrating. All right. So in soccer, to me, if you don't spread the defense out with crosses from the corner or the goal line. A defense can just stay in front of the ball and support each other, and that eliminates the one v one situations. Okay, totally. So uh, let's try to explain this to a parent that you know maybe doesn't know too much about soccer. Has only seen rec league have kind of a kickball style and mm-hmm. run on to okay. like a middle school. Okay, team um, would do. we have to possess <laughs> and work together to stretch the defense out. Once the defense is stretched out. Your child has the green light and will be encouraged to take their defender one-on-one to go score around the 18. But we have to stretch them out first. So to me, that's a simple strategy. And see what this does is that it still requires development of passing and dribbling technique. So somebody, a coach could say, well, you're not really teaching the kids anything. Just tell them to kick the ball down the line. That's BS. Now, at Warren East, we weren't very skilled, so we kind of had to do that. But at Fairdale, um, with the passing, you know, we were able to pass and dribble for the most part. Um, you're still having to teach kids how to pass the feet and to dribble because they got to attack the goal line by dribbling and they got to pass to the feet to get the ball to the outside to play that ball down the line. And, oh, by the way, spreading the feet out or stretching the defense can work for any level of team, right? At Warren East, with very little – I mean, I've just said this – with very little skill, my players were instructed to play the ball down the line and our wingers or strikers would take the ball and attack the goal line, Right? And then once they were at the goal line, it was time to be aggressive and just turn and cross. All right. 
at Franklin Simpson, and when we actually played this way and at Fairdale, we had more skill and therefore more passing could take place to where it wasn't just a game of foot races down the sideline. For sure. Yeah, and it's very dumb what you said. I, I didn't know it's yeah. out of Fairdale. You all can't play that it, style. It, it, it works. works. You just it, you, you know, got to be patient with it, you know. And again, so maybe it works better with a veteran team. Um, you know, 2012 had a veteran team. 2015 was a veteran team. Uh, 2006 was a veteran team. So you got to have that buy-in because one of the problems that we had at Franklin was if we would try to play that way and we didn't score in the first 20 minutes, everybody was ready to give up on it. So let's, you know, let's, let's kick the ball up the middle and, you know, let's kick the ball up the middle and allow the defense to pack in and not let us do anything, you know, but what do I know? I'm just, you know, it's just me. So, (laughs) so yeah, if you want, Hey, you know what? Read my book. You'll see. So, anyway, all right. So, let's sure. talk district tournament. So, um, okay. What memories do you have? I know you only got on it two years, but share some of your memories, Chris. Well, gosh, one that really stands out is 2018. Yeah. My first year there, I was a junior. Uh, we had lost to Desales 2 1. And, and uh, on a right. golden goal and extra time. Just it was one of those yeah. games. This was during the regular season. Uh, just one of those games. And you know, Butler had they had at least twenty five good chances to score. And nothing can go right. in. I mean, you know, credit to the sales keeper, uh, uh, Jared Ekin, which um, I don't think he's playing college soccer now, but um, he just made it tough, and we just they couldn't score. But two weeks later. We played over at Iroquois in the uh, semifinal. We got wow. to Dallas, beat them 9 1. That's yeah. just one that always stands out to me how we lost 2 1 two weeks earlier. And then we go to Iroquois, right. play them, and beat them 9 1. <laughs> you know, to knock them out of the district. So that's, I don't know, I'd, I'd say that's probably one of my favorites. And then, of course, uh, I think last year when we beat Iroquois, it was 8 to 3. We won the district for the fifth yeah. year in a row. So that was. Pretty special, you know. We right. took pictures and went to Dairy Queen okay. afterward. So, but yeah, I mean, I don't have a lot, but that, that's two that okay. stands out. So I, I know you have. Well, wild you know, it's weird <laughs> because growing up as a player, I mean, I never as a player, I never won a district game. Um, uh, our program was just it was still growing at that time; it was still developing. Now, my senior year, though, check this out: my senior year, we. Um, we got a bye. We, we won the regular season district title, right? And I was on the first winning team at my high school at Graves County, okay? And so we got the bye, in the, and we're in a district with Marshall County, which they ended up being the state runner-up that year. <clears throat> now, Marshall County took soccer seriously, unlike Graves, okay? And they had their own, like, soccer pep club. And so, but they never came out for our games because it was just Graves County. That's, you know, that's an ECW, you know, no, you know, the only people that are going to be at that game are our parents. And we're playing, we were hosting the district tournament that year. And I remember warming up and I see, I hear this, this scream or this yell. And I look up and I see like 20 students from Marshall County rolling in with coveralls on and hunting uh, toboggans, orange hunting toboggans. That was their color, orange, right? And 
I just remember thinking to myself, holy crap, we've made it to the big leagues. Marshall County's pep club is here. You know? And we ended up losing the game one nothing. Um, that was my last game as a player. Um, God, you know, that sucked, Chris. That's all I can tell you. We, we'd won 12 games that year. We had a lot. Our, kid, our guys, we had so much to be proud of. We really did. Um, because a lot of us would have quit. I mean, we'd want to combine 10 games before that season. So for me and the other seniors that did stick around, uh, we've got a lot. We, to this day, I still say we have a lot to be proud of. Now, man, when that game ended, when that final whistle, and during the game too, it was, it was oh, my gosh. Um, I had a chance. Don't ever, ever, in, in district time, you do not, do not, if you're a player or you're a coach, tell your players, go with your first instinct. Don't overthink. Just play, right? And um, we had a chance to take a one nothing lead when one of our strikers, uh, the guy who played striker with me, his name was Juan, he crossed the ball in from the goal line, right? Chris, I had the back post all day. All I had to do was head the ball off the back post or into the back post, and we're up one and we're up one nothing. Mm-hmm. I decided at the last second I was going to go near post because I thought the keeper. That's what I get for thinking, right? I thought the keeper was going to go ahead and commit to the back post, and so I was like, oh, "Nope, nope, I'm going to go near." Mm-hmm. And I and, and I thought, and he got to the ball mm-hmm. at the last second, and we ended up losing the game one nothing. Man, that that still that oh, still brutal. haunts me to this day. Still, um, wow. So coaching has been cool, though, because, you know, for so long I, you know, associated the district tournament with losing. But now, I mean, and I'm sitting here looking at our team pictures and everything, and um, I've got my Thanos glove uh, with uh, uh, a district tur- a year that we won the district tournament next to each stone. And, um, you know, now I associate it with winning and success. Um Oh yeah, it's it's a feel good moment, you know. I and I've always said get rid of the district, but for a lot okay. of the kids. I mean, let, okay, so let me let me they need throw it. this out here real quick, Chris. So let's say you've got a kid in high school that you know their team has been they have not won, they have not been successful, and then they get into the district tournament and they're playing like a collegiate or somebody like that, right? And even if check this out, this is gonna sound like participation trophy guy, and it's not. It's competition guy. Check it out. If they've lost every year, but then their senior year, they come out and they battle with collegiate and they end up losing in a shootout. Chris, their whole complexion of their high school career changes on that night. See what I'm saying? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I agree. I, I never thought of it. Until, yeah. You know, we talked about this a few months back on the episode. It yeah. changed my perspective. I mean, there's, there's part of me that still would like to, to see a different format for how we do postseason, but you know it's uh, it's fine, I guess. But no, I, I I get what you're saying. It's right, definitely right, and yeah. And on the coaching side, someone. I mean, the first two district titles I won, I couldn't really enjoy because of the context of the situation. It was such a bad situation. Um, I knew in the back of my mind how awful practice was going to be next uh, the next day, <laughs> and I also knew that you know we were done. At Franklin, we were done after winning the district. Okay. And um, because nobody wanted any part of challenging Bowling Green or Greenwood, um, which drove me crazy and which created more conflict. And again, made me know that, okay, practice is going to be terrible tomorrow um, because, you know, I'm going to get pushed back. Uh, And that's also assuming that I don't have any emails from parents, you know, asking why their kid didn't play. Dude, 
your kid's in a freaking championship picture in the newspaper. Why do you care if they play or not? They're part of a winning culture. You see what I'm saying? Kids that are part, listen, right. kids, I tell yeah. kids this all the time. You can, you can, all right, so you can go to this school and you can score 25 goals and maybe have 20 assists or not even 20 assists because you're the only player and not learn a thing. Or you can come to my program, be part of a winning culture, right? Not score 25 goals, but let's say you score 10 or 15, but you're part of a winning culture and you've gotten better because you've made other teammates better. Right. If I'm a college, if I'm a college recruiter, right. I want that kid because they understand the value of sharing and being a good teammate. Not go, not going to you know. Oh, for sure. I don't want the kid that's out of school. Now there are talented kids at bad team where they play with bad teams. You know, um, those kids still deserve a look, I guess. But at the same, you're going to have to teach them how to be a team player. You're going to have to teach them that, that how to accept that they're not the only show in town. You see, see what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> so, definitely. You know, that's that was always one of my pitch to kids. Hey, you're not. I don't want you scoring 25 goals. If you're scoring 25 goals, this is what I would have told Marinus. This is what I would have told Clayton. You know, any of my kids that were studs. I don't want you scoring that many goals because that means that nobody else is getting better. And eventually, you're going to get hurt. You're going to get carded. Uh, you know, whatever's going to happen, and we're not going to have anybody to fill that scoring need. You see what I'm saying? So for sure. Um, right. And I feel like spreading the field, it goes back to my, my discussion on spreading the field and stretching out the defense. This allows players to develop into better players. I really feel like that system allows that gives those kids that platform. Um, you know, so since I've been at fair, since I was at Fairdale in 2012, we won the district. Great celebration. I mean, they were all great celebrations. Don't get me wrong. All right. In 2018, check this out. One thing that did bother me, we won the district. <clears throat> and after everything that I had been through, which if you want to know what that is, buy my book and read it, right? Um, but after everything I'd been through, I said, screw it. I am buying these kids and myself. We're getting rings. And they're not going to be real gold or anything like that. I'm going to spend like 30 bucks on them all together. But those kids are going to associate that with, with winning that district championship, right? Now – I wanted to, when we played PRP in basketball that following winter, I wanted to, um, I wanted to have our kids um, go out and be recognized at halftime of that game with our district championship shirts on. Right. See what I'm saying? And hey, it's against PRP, so I felt like it would make sense, right? And that idea was shot down. Well, you know, we're not going to celebrate. We're not going to celebrate district championships huh. around here. Uh. You know, wow. okay. You know, you might have been a part of something. The conversation, the person I had the conversation with about this, you know, had been a part of something bigger back in the day. Great. Awesome. Good for you. 30 years ago. Right. But for that kid, that's the highlight. You know? Totally. So who yeah. are we to say that championship isn't worth celebrating? And some schools, they have that standard where. We're not going to celebrate a district championship, and I get that if they, but if they've tasted state championship success before, right? And within recent history, I'll add, all right. But um, it's not up to us to decide whether what's worth celebrating and what's not. To a lot of those kids, especially my kids that I had at Fair, I had at Fairdale, you know, that that's the highlight. You need to let them celebrate that. 
So, I mean, it might Definitely. be something. You know, here's the thing. I won five district championships. Last year was my fifth, right? But for a lot of those kids on that team, that was their first. And that's why it was, that's why it was important. Right. Did, did they uh, oh, yeah, ever yeah, get the rings? Out and everything. We had a nice pizza party oh. and all that. We handed out shirts. Oh, we handed out rings. Wow. Um, it was uh, – tried selling T-shirts too, and some kids bought them, and, you know, but we – a lot of teachers bought them. But <clears throat> it, was, it was always a tough sell. School spirit was always a tough sell. So that was frustrating. Yeah, right. So anyway, that's – you know, those are my district tournament memories. My memories now of district tournaments are – are pleasant. I associate them with success. Um, you know, I don't, I don't associate them with losing like I did, might've done 10, 15 years ago. Right. No, no you, and I you won't. <laughs> so, all right. You want to do a book preview? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I feel like we've, I don't want to. Okay. Well, I mean, no, you want, no you I'll tell you what. Uh, or, I mean. <laughs> so what, what, what has stuck out to you so far from what you've read so far? Let's ask that. There's our preview. Uh, well, I mean, again, I'm not too deep into it. I'm only like 30 pages, I guess. But I, I like how, mm-hmm. just how you start the chapters, you know, with the headings. Uh, the headings are interesting, mm-hmm. like, you know, time to break. Uh, and then yeah. one of them's like dad. Yeah. Uh, so I, I mean, I like that. It, I mean, the, the heading gives you a good idea on what the chapter is going to be about, right. you know. It's not confusing, and then like that, and I like the the keep swimming. Dude, I almost right. died. I did not um, like that at the time. I could have. I almost died. I mean, I was gonna die. I mean, <laughs> I was alone yeah. out there. <laughs> How in the world did I not come across a shark? I'm still trying to figure that out. So um, that was scary. But you know, yeah. Once I made it to safe, once I made it to safety and realized I was gonna live. Holy crap! That's kind of like a soccer game, you know. Yeah, and, and you just you related that right to your you know yeah. coaching yeah. experience. So that that's just okay. a few things. Like I said, I'm not too deep into it. But, I predict you'll have it finished um, by Friday. You will. You won't be able. To, you hope. won't be able to put it down. You haven't gotten to the best parts yet. So uh, we're really excited. Uh, we're really excited about this book. I mean, it's. Um, I don't know with with uh, the new baby on the way next Friday. Um, uh, we don't know. I don't know how much I'll get to actually sell, um, but 2021 is going to be a big year for that book. We're going to get it on some bookshelves. I'm looking to uh, go and uh, do some book signings and everything. It's um, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, yeah, I mean, it's a it's an interesting <coughs> time to release a book. I mean, but like I said, I, I think the next year it'll, it'll be talked about more, and then you'll have another. Yeah, book I was going to say, you know, the the new book, uh, book number two, is probably. Um, if I get enough time, you know, here over the next three months, I think I'll have it done by January. And uh, you could probably expect that one next summer. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> no, I think well, we know what to do now. We're, we're on it now. So uh, Prime has been a good uh, test run for, you know, this this writing career that I'm uh, that I'm looking to launch. And, um, you know, we'll, yeah, it's, it's going to be That's cool. Nice. And then, yeah, I mean, absolutely. One of these days. We will collaborate on one together, Chris. So if you look at other sports books, like, you know, uh, Rick Pitino, he collaborated with some sports writers on a book. Uh, a lot of, a lot of coaches do. Yeah. That, so I read it. That's something to, that's something to look at down the road. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just 
Yeah, well, we'll have to just... Like you have enough time to do anything. I, I like how Dude, you manage your time. You know, it, it's yeah, it's something like Good. that. It's uh, it's a lot of running in, coming in, saying hi to my wife, love you, bye. I gotta go do the podcast. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, it's I can't sit still if I don't have five things going on at once. I don't know what to do. So, right, yeah, I'm yeah the there you go. Well, let's talk about this finishing <laughs> camp real quick, and then um, uh, make some predictions, and then we got to get out of here. So. Um, the finishing camp, uh, giving thanks and scoring goals Wednesday, November 25th, um, nine o'clock to 10 o'clock for ages six through 10. And then, uh, 10 o'clock to noon for middle schoolers and high schoolers. I've already got a handful of kids uh, signed up for each side. Um, hoping to have, you know, I'd love to have 15 to 20 kids for each side. Let's hope that ends up being the case. Uh, this is going to be weather dependent. Um, if it's, uh, it is November 25th after all, so I'm not going to be accepting any payment until the day of. We will be selling copies of my book that day. Um, we'll have T-shirts for sale, um, uh, possibly a couple other things we'll have to see. Um, but it will. It, but bring your money that day. Um, this is going to be weather dependent, and we're, we're we're focusing on finishing and scoring goals, teaching kids, uh, you know, how to how to finish. Because my gosh, how many how many teams, how many kids this? Think about this, Chris. How many kids this week? are going to not use their right foot to score the game time goal or, or not use their left oh foot. You see what I'm saying? There's going to be every year. There's a ton of kids that they end up, they either lose the game or they miss their chance at all time glory because they didn't use their off foot or because they didn't pick a post to score and they kicked it right at the keeper and their team loses the game one, nothing. There's a lot of kids that are going to lose sleep over the next couple of weeks because of that. Let me help you make sure that doesn't happen. And the real question is, will Jericho Farmhouse ice cream? Uh, ooh, good question. Uh, it's a possibility. It is a possibility. Great question. Mm. I bet they're there selling hot oh. chocolate if they are. I might there have to go. make an appearance. Um, I, need to, I need to have a conversation <laughs> with them about that and see if they'll make it. Um, we'll see. That's a, that's a great – good thinking. So, um, yeah, that's – to me, that's the most important because you know I'm not a soccer player, so get you some hot, get you some hot chocolate, you know. <laughs> yeah, hot get chocolate, you some hot yeah. chocolate and uh, do some video work yeah. for me or something. We'll see. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, so that's that's my finishing camp that I'm step to the ball soccer trains hosting November 25th. Uh, if you uh, got any questions, feel free to email me at step to the ball at gmail dot com. Yeah. Far away. Yeah, it's going to creep up, especially after next Friday. I was telling my wife when this baby comes, everything is going to creep up on us. So we need to we need to have everything oh, yeah. done that we can before cool. next Friday. Good luck on that. So busy, busy time, time of the year. year, busy time in life. I'm telling you. So all right. all right, let's get some district final predictions. What you got? Yeah, uh, let's see. I didn't really make a list here, but just off the top of my head, I don't think the, I'm not sure how many. At least here in Lovar tomorrow, uh, Butler and Iroquois that'll be a big one. Uh, I expect Butler to handle them pretty handily. Iroquois keeper had oh, got a really? red card wow. the other night. Baffert shot hmm. the F bomb. I'm just wondering how does a keeper get a red because you normally don't see right. that too often. Either he came way off the line or something. That that that's right. the only reason. I keep getting a red back. Talked to someone and they said it was hmm. for mouth. Um, I think Butler handled them pretty handily. I, I think this game. Butler has to be careful and 
not act like they're playing on the turf. They all know right. these guys. I mean, just Fairdale. I mean, they, they all know the Fairdale players. So they really have to watch that. I mean, I possibly see a few cards being thrown out. Hopefully not, but it wouldn't shock me if there was on both sides. But um, I'll go with Butler wow. 6-3. Maybe 6-2. I, I know Mario said that game's probably going to be mm-hmm. one through the midfield. Okay. So, um 6-2 or 6-1. Okay. I don't think the scoring is going to be that high. You are playing with a backup keeper, I guess, though. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be that high. I'm going to go I'm going to go Butler 5-1. Right, yeah. I mean, it's Eric Hoy's with the backup keeper. Not Butler. We mm-hmm. got that yeah. right? Oh, okay. I, I thought oh, did I mean, Butler I didn't, playing with the Eric Hoy's playing yeah. with the backup keeper. I'm going, I'm going Butler 5-1. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can see that, but... I don't know. Doss did get two on Butler the other day, so we'll have to see. Um, that's no more in Southern. Uh, I guess more win okay. five one. I got more going over three to one. Um, I got yeah. So uh, yeah, I don't know what to think about them going into the regional tournament. Um, uh, you know, every year it seems like they're knocking on the door. Um, they got to get past that that get over that hump in the first round of semi of the region or the second round, I guess. So yeah, I was having a conversation tonight with, uh, uh, the athletic director at Fairdale, Greg Longacre. And, uh, we were talking about that game two years ago against Moore in the regional semifinal. He said, man, I can't do shootouts. They stress me out. And I was like, dude, speak for yourself. Try being the coach of your team. And they're down two nothing in the shootout and thinking, how in the world are we going to come back and win this game? You know, that's stressful. So <laughs> that's, oh, yeah. at that it point, at, Hey, listen, at Forever. that point you're praying. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's all I can say is that point you're looking up the sky and you're praying and, uh, you know, hoping, hoping for the other team to massively screw up. And fortunately they did. So anyway. <clears throat> okay. Uh, I can't believe I forgot this one. St. X and collegiate. What do you say for that one? Um, man, you know, St. X earlier, a couple of weeks ago was my seventh region pick. I'm still sticking with them. You know, here's what here's what scares me about that side of town, about the seventh region. Uh, you know, district finals aren't the emphasis, right? So I I could see oh. either team not wanting to win it, or you not, not you know saying no, we're not going for it. You know, we're going to rest players and all that stuff. All that being said, um, I'm going to go. I tell you what, I'm going to go ahead and go with collegiate three two in a shootout. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Either shootout or extra time. That's the score St. X yeah. beat Collegiate um, in the first game of the season. Collegiate had lost since right. then. I mean, they've been yeah. on. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I think I think uh, yeah. I think Collegiate Collegiate wins three two in a shootout. Um, but in the regional final, if they if they meet in the regional final, uh, I don't think uh, I, I think it'll be the other way around. Yeah, it'd be mm-hmm. interesting. Okay, one more. PRP and Fairdale. Uh, I'm going with the dogs after tonight. I'm really, really impressed with how they moved the ball tonight. Uh, they played together. They played hard. They played fast. Um, they spaced out well. Again, that those coaches have done a fantastic job getting those guys to play together in a short amount of time. Um, you know, history shows I can't. You can't trust PRP in these games. Um, uh, I'm going with the dogs two to one to. 
and the three P in the district. Yeah, I would agree with that. I'm gonna go with maybe okay. three one. Wow. I think it'll be. I think I, I think it's gonna be two to one. Um, and PRP might come out and get the lead early, and then Fairdale in the second half gets a couple of goals. So um, one way or another, I think it's gonna be. I got the dogs going two to one. Awesome. Yeah, I could definitely see that. All right. Well, let me ask you this one last question to kind of put you on the spot here. If you had to make a pick to win the sixth region, who would you go with? <sighs> you know, I tell you what, here's something that, uh, here's something to think about, Chris. Um, there's a couple factors here, right? I was thinking about this tonight. Um, I think that it depends on the matchups. Right now, I'm gonna go. Ahead, right now, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you who I think is gonna win the region, and I'm, then I'm gonna explain why. All right, I got Fern Creek beating Butler one nothing. Yeah, wow. I do, and I'm gonna tell you why. All right, um, number one, I mean, uh, you got. I mean, you're gonna have two. I mean, those are two heavyweight coaches uh, on that sideline. Um, you know, Butler giving up some goals, man. Um, and that scares me. Those here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't like. I, I want to see that zero on the scoreboard. I hate seeing scores where it's six to two, six to three, five to three, five to two. You see what I'm saying? Um, I, you know, I still want to have my defense getting that shutout. You know, I still want to see that scoreboard. And I think the teams that are are going to win in October as much as they can are the ones that. Uh, you're already you're already texting Carrillo, or yeah, I, you're already texting Carrillo. You're texting, you're totally texting no. Carrillo. You know, um, <laughs> no, I just, no, I, no, that's that's one thing that bothers me. Fern Creek gets the shutout tonight against Bullet East. Uh, here's something too: if let's say you get a Butler and Bullet East first round region, right? Chris, don't be surprised the def- the defense that you saw right. tonight. practice for when they play Butler. All right. And in a game like that, if they, if they do in a game like that, you're talking cards, you're talking, um, you know, potential injuries, um, you know, and it's a rematch of the, of the regional final for last year. It should be heated. It should be competitive. You know, I'm not surprised and I'm not really that upset if I see some, uh, some, uh, hopefully just some yellows being thrown out there because of, you know, because of how heated it is. You know, um, for some reason though, I think Butler's going to have a little bit tougher.